Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Anytime you're first in rush offense and you're first in rush defense, like what people say ugly, I think is tough. Does that make sense? Like, you know, whereas people might say, hey, you know, you guys are, uh, you guys are winning ugly. And I, trust me, I, I do know it's ugly, so I'm not saying that. I, I'm as upset as anything. But the flip side of it is I just think we're kind of a tough team. I kind of like our guys. I think we're kind of a gritty, tough team. And um, I kind of like running the ball and stopping the run. I kind of think that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Sorry for the delay there, folks. We've been uh, working hard here trying to figure out how to stream Peacock to Honky's uh, residence there in Roca, and uh, it's turning out a lot harder than it seemed. (laughs) It's it's damn near impossible, Boomer. That's what it is. Uh, Also, uh, the Redcast Strong, Talon. I, I joined late, so they 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 figure this whole thing out. <laughs> he just like jumps on. He's like, "Hey guys, yeah, I'll I'll do the show." I'm like, "All right, thanks, Talon, because it's just gonna be me and Boomer." Yeah, uh, no, seriously. Yeah. Rob is yeah. missing, and Honky yeah. may be dead. So if any of you are out there and have <laughs> to see either of them, just uh, yeah, point them our way. A little bit of a berserk week. I I do think it's ironic that we've we've soldiered on. As Redcast, uh, the Redcast crew since 2017 for six plus years, I've seen a lot of losses, done a lot of shows after losses. We suddenly start winning, and everybody's like, eh, "I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I can do a show this week." And suddenly, it's like hard to get people on. I, I don't know the reverse psychology of that, Boomer, but um, you know what? Uh, I like talking about winning football, and um, uh, I know uh, the Mats, Mac, and Honky are trying to do a show on. On Monday, and uh, hockey's internet completely went out. Um, we scheduled a show here tonight at seven thirty, and and uh, my computer totally uh, fritzed out on me. So, but you know what? We made it, and uh, we're going to be talking about winning football because that's what uh, Nebraska's been doing lately, right, Boomer? Yeah, I'm starting to suspect like a Michigan spy network might be sabotaging you know everything here. It's <laughs> about the only thing that makes sense. But no, it is exciting to finally talk about winning football and you know multiple games in a row. This is crazy. We had in October where Positive things happened almost every week, and you're in November with something to play for. I mean, when's the last time that's happened? So it's been yeah, a while. So. Well, 2016 before the show. Uh, Talon, you've been to the last two home games? I actually have not. I didn't. I went back to Columbus. So, of course, we win three in a row, and I don't go to the two. Home yeah. Games. So, okay, you can't go back now. You, you've you lost it. You you can't. You Obviously, yeah. the reason is uh the plan is to go to maryland and iowa but i'm i'm a little scared it's going to throw off the mojo you know i go and we lose i'm going to be real mad so it's yeah it's, we'll, we'll know who to blame so at least we'll have that yeah yeah no so yeah yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, i you know we we start winning i'm like ah maybe should i go i don't know you know but yeah so yeah i understand it was a little, little uh chilly out there uh so i get the uh cold conditions at least on on one of those games but um uh, going to a winning winning game is always a lot funner than a losing one so hopefully you get back out there and and see a couple more wins but um as matt rule will tell us we got to focus one game at a time we just want to be one and oh this week 
Um, we've been pretty successful on that now for the last month. And uh, we have to turn our attention to going on the road to, to East Lansing and try to get one more win and get bowl eligible, right? Uh, this week, even though it's just another game, trying to go one or no, uh, it is important because it would get us that elusive six victory, something that we have uh, not done in um, over half a decade. So it is absolutely crazy. Uh, let's uh, dive in to some scarlet colored glasses and talk all things Husker football. And um, you know, we'll get to the bulls here in a second, Boomer. But uh, the big news today was uh, the 2024 Big Ten schedules came out, right? Yes, they did. So they announced it with the new and improved expanded, you know, Big Ten and everyone's got their schedules now. So and they came out with this kind of nifty matrix. So if you like those, you can kind of get a good, good visual read of uh, the conference slate there. They don't have the non-con games listed in there. But uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I don't think it's quite, you know, what a lot of Nebraska fans panicked and, you know, I think the the entire conference is against us and they were going to stack us completely, you know, with four West Coast trips and everything like that. But right, it, it's a good, you know, good schedule, I think. And it's going to be tough. It's certainly backloaded for Nebraska, but then it's that way for a lot of teams. It's just the nature of the new Big Ten. It's going to be tough. You know, you're going to play a lot of tougher teams yeah. than, than we're probably used to. So, yeah, yeah. Bring that back up, Boomer. I want to walk through it a little bit here. Yeah, I wouldn't um, look at myself either. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I mean, I would, would say, first off, um, opposed to what we've experienced the last two years, and, and we're not the only Big Ten team to do this, we are not opening, and there's no Big Ten opening with a conference opponent in 2024. So uh, that's a little bit of a return to norm. And uh, to your point, we'll have uh, uh, Colorado at home next year, and a couple of uh, lighter teams as a chance we can get off to a good good start. And then uh, Nebraska starts the Big Ten season September 21st, uh, home game versus Illinois, go on the road to Purdue, invites the Scarlet Knights to town. We had our bye week in mid-October, one of our two bye weeks, actually, it looks like. Um, and then uh, road trips to Indiana and Ohio State. So that's where the, the pivot happens, right, Boomer? To your point of getting off to a good start here, um, hey, we know we don't take any wins for, but Illinois, Purdue, Rutgers, and Indiana all have similar or less talent than Nebraska. Um, doesn't mean we're going to win those all, but it means we should be um, favored or being right in the, in the discussion with all four of those games. So we could get off to a good start in the Big Ten. Yeah, and I think that's going to be, you know, critical for next season. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly how everyone's going to look. You know, it's always hard to project this far in advance, and then obviously Nebraska is going to be far better next year. But uh, <laughs> just just on paper, you know, that's a tough back half of that schedule. You, you don't want to have to play, you know, that run of teams and hope to try to find three wins to get to a bowl. That's That would be a lot of pressure on that. So, yeah, right, definitely get, right. get those first. you got three non-con games against teams that aren't necessarily, you know, Grand World Beaters, UTEP and Northern Northern Iowa are what they are, and Colorado. You know that they haven't looked great really since they played us. You know nobody escapes playing Nebraska on skates, so I think that's made yeah, a big, big difference. question there, there would be if Shadour Sanders is is back or not, right? Yeah. But yeah, so who knows what that talent, team's I mean, look like? Or, yeah, yep, yep. So so talent. First of all, uh, how many of these games are you going to go to? 
but more importantly, um, it looks like here that uh, Nebraska, if they could happen to beat Colorado, for example, and actually, you know, play the way they're playing right now, could get off to a good, good start and maybe be bowl eligible by the time um, mid-October rolls around. Right. So I'm, I'm going to try to go to most of the home games next year, right? So <laughs> right. You know, that's the plan. But, um, yeah, so we, we it's nice that we get to start off with, like, UTEP, right? That's who we play first. I mean, that's nice that we can kind of get the ball rolling, get get guys, you know, the rust off from all the – the off season. Um, I think Colorado, if they can keep Shador Sanders, they might even be better than they were this year. You know, if they get an O-line, they're probably a ranked team this year. They just can't block anyone. Um, it's, it's tough that we have to go, you know, back to back away games, Indiana, and then to Ohio state. That's, that's going to be tough. You know, they're going to get their starting quarterback back. Um, the team that actually is interesting, I think is we get UCLA at home. Um, I think yeah. UCLA might actually be the best team coming back, like coming to the Pac-12, because they mm-hmm. get us. Their quarterback's going to be solidified next year with Dante Moore. You know, we don't know how USC is going to look without Caleb Williams. Um, I don't know, but you know, Wisconsin's going to be different. Will they keep Tanner Mordecai? Will they move on? Um, Iowa it sounds like they're going to, you know, lose their offensive coordinator, which is probably something they should have done a couple At of years least. ago. <laughs> Right. So, so it, it's an interesting schedule. It's, you know, obviously those last five games are going to be something to watch for. It's nice that we get another bye week in between UCLA and then get a bye week right before going to, uh, going to Los Angeles. So we get two weeks to prepare for them, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, those, I feel like every year, those last like five to six games are usually our hardest. It's like, wow, we always play these really, really good teams at the end of the year. You know, we get a Michigan usually late Ohio state late, um, and then we always play Wisconsin and Iowa back to back. So it's always interesting to see if we can, you know, get to four or five wins before then, you know, we haven't done it in the last couple of years, but so it, it's an right. interesting schedule. Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I, I think I'm, I don't know how you guys feel. I think I'm more comfortable that we get UCLA and, and, and USC next year instead of Oregon and Washington coming off of their two best years. Is that kind of how you guys are feeling sure. about it? You know? Yeah, yeah, that's so. that's fair. Um, yeah, I think Oregon's always to, to your better. point about about USC and losing Caleb Williams. You know, the the trick there is if there, I have any confidence in Lincoln Riley at all, it's for him to go find another great quarterback yep. um, to to fill that void. So I still don't think USC is going to be by by any means easy, but mm-hmm. I don't know how quickly they can fix that defense either. Right, so that's out there now. With Oregon and Washington coming off their best years, but I don't I don't know their depth in quarterback, and I don't I mean you don't get a six year Michael Penix Jr. or a six year Bo Nix. I think they're both six year guys, at least five yeah, years. Well, who knows? Yeah. They um, might have another three years of eligibility left, Dave. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's a good point, Talon. It's a good point, but um, it's it's fun to see that UCLA would be here um, in November, and then for Nebraska fans. We like to travel, and uh, the folks are already living out there. USC in November, that is, you know, it's perfect weather out there and be a, a chance to um, kind of shake off the, the fall temps um, already in a, a mid-November matchup. Boomer, looking at the rest of the Big Ten here, it looks like the very first new Big Ten uh, game, I guess, would be UCLA versus Indiana 
on September yes, uh, 14th. Rechristening that old rivalry that people love to talk about. <laughs> so the Hoosiers go out to the Rose Bowl on September 14th. That will be the first um, of those. But then after that, it does definitely warms up. Michigan oh, yeah. uh, has USC coming to the big house. Um, Northwestern against Washington in a purple battle. You know, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who has the best yep. purple? Wisconsin, USC is a matchup. Um, Rutgers, Washington. Uh, yeah, so it, it it accelerates quickly from there. And I know the uh, November 2nd uh, weekend is one that's already been circled where you've got uh, – you have Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Oregon, <laughs> Nebraska, UCLA, Ohio State, Penn State, and – yeah, that's that's a good good week. And Rutgers right is Idaho, so Washington the best that week too. And yeah, it's that's a stock weekend. And you know, we mentioned this on Twitter today. If you know, people wonder, well, why did the Big Ten expand and add all these teams? Well, this is why. So you can put together days like that where you're basically, you know, given our TV partners, you're going to have one of those marquee games on in every slot that day. So you're just going to be able to sit down and spend an entire day watching, you know, the name programs the Big Ten play from. Probably 11 in the morning until, you know, late at night, you know, and, you know, it'll be Big Ten after dark at that point. So that's why you do this. So you can basically dominate an entire day of football and yep. have a ton of marquee games on it. So, you know, definitely exciting to look forward to. It is interesting. Both US, UCLA and USC, their rivalry game um, is not the last week, but second to last week, November 23rd. Yeah. And both of them have a bye week at the end of the year. Well, um, USC actually plays Notre Dame that last game of the year on the 30th. Ah, there so, we yeah, go. That could that be, makes I sense. don't know if UCLA plays anybody on the 30th, I'd have to take a quick peek at their schedule. So, Okay. All right. Yep. That makes, that makes sense. And it does look like um, just because of the, the calendar and how everything falls out, it's a double bye year where everybody gets, gets yes, two weeks that is off. Correct. You know, Boomer, that's an interesting thought. I I was listening to um, um, the you know Steve Sipple and Bill Bush and their show on I think it's ninety three seven the ticket. Um, what are they? I forget the name of their show. But Bill Bush had brought up a really interesting point. You know, the college football season of all the kind of major sports, quote unquote, um, seems to go by the fastest, right? You only does, get twelve yeah. games of regular season. And you only get one bye week. Uh, he, he was just like, look, you don't, without even adding additional games to the schedule, you would add inventory, stretch out the season by having everyone have two bye weeks every year. And I'm like, right, just kind of make week zero permanent. Everyone gets two bye weeks. And for from a TV um, inventory standpoint, you just added a whole extra week of inventory, essentially. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that makes some sense. Um, yeah, I suppose the, the concern is, you know, you always hear about that was a complaint about the expanded playoff is, oh, how long are these seasons going to go on and cut into their studies? But, you know. Yeah, but you're putting that on the front end. Exactly. Um, on the front end, I think, more. But, uh, no, it makes sense. And, you know, we, we've commented on text changes that, you know, the TV networks aren't shelling out billions of dollars just to, for status quo type things. They're going to want content and they're going to want a lot of it. You know, they're going to want it on Fridays, Saturdays, as many weeks as they can yeah. stuff it in there. And so that's just going to be the nature of it. Yeah, it. we might see this more going forward. That wouldn't surprise me at all if we see some of that double buy. So it'll be interesting. So, but 
Well, and yeah. especially with like the traveling, if you're going that far out of mm-hmm. town, it'd be nice to, you know, get that extra week to kind of recoup from, you know, from those, from playing basically sure. a 60 minute football game in a whole, you know, across the country, you know, you look at different conferences, mm-hmm. especially you know, the ACC is spread out, you know, we're spread out. So it's, I think it's smart to do an extra bye week, especially if you're going to do a 12 team playoff, you know, those 12 teams that go, they're playing, you know, if you keep winning out, you get an extra, what, four games. So it's pretty smart that they're actually adding the bye week and it's probably something they should just continue to do, you know, if we're going to keep the 12 team playoff and obviously realignment isn't done, but it's just something to kind of help these, these student athletes kind of recoup their bodies and and get used to all the time change elements and, and the long flights and stuff like that. Sure. Sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, it should be interesting. It should be a fun season. I definitely will look into seeing if uh, we can pull off the uh, the Redcast trip to uh, Los Angeles in November. That would be a blast. Um, I know Rob actually is not here tonight because he just got back from Disneyland and he's just too exhausted <laughs> um, from his, his trip um, to four, I think four or five days in Disneyland. So I bet a lot of Husker fans will combo that USC uh, road trip with uh, other similar activities. So, well, talking about road trips, uh, something that Husker fans have not done in a long time is uh, go on the road to see their beloved Cornhuskers play in a bowl game. And um, we've got to win this week. Let's just go ahead and get it done. Um, And we'll we'll break down this game a little bit. But um, obviously at five and three and with four games to go and and all those being potential, you know, games that we should be competitive in, um, making the bowl is now kind of an expectation. Boomer, we have uh, some bowl projections out there. Yeah, there's been quite a few, you know, over the last few weeks because, you know, why not? That's what everyone does at this point in time. But, uh, you know, I pulled a few of them together early on. This is assuming we don't win the Big Big Ten West and, you know, win the conference, which is, you know, not out of the realm of possibility, right? Still out but, there. Uh, yeah, still, still there. That, that goal's still intact. But we threw a little poll together for some of them. Um, you know, I know Rule doesn't want to look forward to that, but that's our job. So we'll go ahead and do that. And Four of the ones I saw were the Music City Bowl versus Florida, uh, Guaranteed Rate Bowl. You had your choice of two opponents, BYU or Iowa State, or the Las Vegas Bowl versus Utah. So, And we threw a quick poll out on that just to see which one you know our fans would be more interested in. And hmm. kind of, well, I was sort of surprised that not that the Guaranteed Rate Bowl versus Iowa State was the was the main. I guess plural got the plurality of votes there. So, but that, the that's in seen. Phoenix. Yes, Phoenix. So, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah, I mean, all of those destinations would be good. Um, I mean, heck, I'll I'll take Detroit if we have to. Um, not really my, my preference. Hey, there's Vegas, Jer, and he says go to the Vegas Bowl. Absolutely, right. I think that's more exciting than Phoenix, here. if you ask me. Yeah, if we're gonna go to the desert. Yeah, let's go to Vegas. But... Yeah, an amazing stadium. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. I mean, like the thing is, I think if we keep on winning here, uh, you know, if we can get over six and we can raise the profile enough that one of these higher tier bulls will justify going after Nebraska because we haven't yeah, been in one seven freaking years. And, and we and, know and it could matter a whole bunch of there. if the Big Ten gets two teams in the playoffs too, that moves everybody up a sure. lot too. So you know possibility. Fair enough. You know, and and in terms of, you know, I guess what team would you like to play in that? You know, I know we kind of chatted a bit about it, you know, a week or so or earlier this week. You know, I know a lot of people liked the Iowa State option. And I suppose that's probably, you know, Big eight nostalgia, they're close, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I don't think that's as much of a 
a win if you play Iowa State. Yeah, you can beat Iowa State, but, you know, we might already beat Iowa yeah. at that point. You know, it's, you're basically playing another Big Ten West team. What I want to see this team do and play, you know, I think, it, you know, where you play a game like Florida, you play an SEC team, see how yeah, good the defense is. Yeah, it'd be sure. an interesting to play a better style. Because, you know, I've even seen some of those rumblings on Twitter. It's, you know, Nebraska's defense is great, but look who they played. And that's true. We haven't played a whole lot of world-beating offenses. And, and Florida is not mm-hmm. the Florida of old, but still, it would, I would love to see this defense go up against, you know, a vaunted SEC opponent and see how they do. I think sure. that would be a great opportunity yeah. to build for next year. Where if you beat Iowa State, it's just, meh, you know, no one's going to care about that too much. So, I mean, it's nice to go to any bowl, win any bowl, you get those practices. But, yeah, let's really, yeah. really, really use it yeah. as a building block for the next season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, turn down anything. Yeah, biggest share says uh, the Bulls will be lined up begging for Nebraska. Fam, fans will overwhelm the stadium. Yeah, completely agree, Jerry. I mean, that's I think it's obvious that um, you know this this matters, right? In this day and age where we see Bulls on TV and they're played at crazy times on Tuesdays on the, you know December twenty third or twenty seventh or whatever, um, having a stadium that's full is priceless. I would imagine for these Bull promoters. And they're going to get a lot more Husker fans in there than virtually almost any other fan base, um, yep. considering how long it's been. You know, Nashville's interesting, Boomer, in, in the sense that, I mean, that's our last bowl game, right? Um, but it was against Tennessee. Is that right? And oh, yes. Yep. Back in the Riley yeah, years. Yep. Essentially a, a yeah home game for them. Um, Florida, it's kind of like, you know, middle ground. They're, they probably are a little bit closer, but. It, that would actually be a cold bowl game for Florida fans. Yeah. So I think we might win the battle there on that one. Yeah. I don't think they're allowed to go north of Atlanta really, you know, after November. So it'll be a shock <laughs> for them. So. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I would take any of those. I have seen, you know, a few more ambitious picks to go to the citrus or whatever. If we could just get to eight and four, but you know what, get the six this week. Um, you know, this is your opportunity to, to lock that down and then build on that. So, all right, guys, uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the Huskers trip to East Lansing? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Excellent. Let's talk all things Nebraska offense with the scoring explosion. And, uh, you know, we broke out for 31 points, Boomer, but I'll, I'll give you this. It was more special teams than the offense at times, huh? You think yeah, we can do that again? <laughs> Might have to. I mean, yeah, that's scoring explosion is a relative term of this bunch, but you know, hey, anytime you can put that many points up, no matter how you do it, that 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 works for me. So, and with that defense, yeah. that'll win you most games you play, especially in this this conference and division. Um, I don't feel able to do that every week, but you know, at least you get something to build on. And yeah, offense this last week against Purdue, you know, they struggled. You know. For a good chunk of that game, you know, still turning the ball over way too much, but the defense is able to bail them out, and the defense is able to hold well enough to give the offense enough chances to to make something happen. You know, they did put together one really nice looking drive. You know, they're usually good for about one or two of those a game, it seems, and then that usually sets up enough stuff to spring a pass or two, you know, for the game, yeah. and that just might be the recipe to to score going forward. You know, the defense buys you enough time that you'll eventually you know, have the one good drive that works and break a few extra plays. And that's what it takes to win out. That's what it takes. So that's probably what we're going to end up having to see. Yeah. You know, so Talon, I mean, offensively, obviously the turnovers are maddening and they seem to come in, in little bunches, um, whether it's beginning of the game or, or later in the game. 
Um, but the defense bails us out. And to Boomer's point, I mean, I think maybe the best drive this offense has put together was, I think, about the third drive or so, right, where we went 15 plays for 87 yards for that touchdown. And it seemed like Marcus Satters, Satterfield, to his credit, really got into a little bit of a rhythm there with play calling. Harburg um, made some good good reads, and we we did everything right on that, that drive, right? Yeah, well, I mean – Considering we can run the ball like we do, it really does set up a lot of different things with the play action and kind of getting guys out of the flat. You know, the touchdown we scored for uh, Fedoni, yep. I believe, he's coming out of the flat and, you know, he just hits a little sidearm to him. It's an easy completion. Um, I think we need to see more of that uh, going into these next four games and especially in Michigan State because we're, we're down offensive linemen. They're going to try and bring some pressure um, to kind of influence Heinrich. Um, the, the turnovers, I mean, we have – what we had five fumbles and four of them lost. I mean, I don't yeah. understand how we continuously, you know, he rule preaches, you know, we got to hold on to the ball. And then each week it just seems like it gets worse and worse with the fumbles. You know, I, <laughs> I don't understand it, but you know, the first play of the game, we fumble on a, on a kickoff return. It's like, well, I, I thought we, we thought, I thought we kind of got over this a little bit, but I think the thing that can really change this, this game is if our defense can get turnovers, you know, it's nice when we can continuously get stops, but, and, and, you know, when they can play their field position and then punt us down to the 10-yard line, you know, it's pretty tough for our offense to get going. Uh, we got those two two interceptions from Tommy Hill and, uh, you know, a blocked field goal. So if we can just continue to get turnovers on our defensive side to set up our offense, I think we'll be in, in just fine shape. We're probably not going to, you know, like Boomer said, we're, we're good for maybe one to two good drives a game and then a big play here and there. But if our defense can set us up with some really good field position in their end, I think we can – uh, Tristan Ovano's looked really good the last couple of weeks hitting, you know, yep. get a four sure. yarder. So, you know, I, I don't think we're going to need to score over, you know, if there's an offense out there that's worse than us in Iowa, I think it's Michigan state. So <laughs> up, need to get about 21 points probably, hopefully. Right? Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. think we need to, and, and kick some easy field goals, get Ovano in the game. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, as long as we can get one or two turnovers to set our offense up, I think we'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Boomer, could you look up the weather for this game? I'm imagining it's going to be at least chilly. Um, Hockey and I went up to East Lansing in October so so many years ago, and it was absolutely frigid. I don't know if it's going to be like that, but um, it can be windy and cold up there, even if it's in the 40s or 50s, um, East Lansing, and yet still have uh, some wind blowing off the, the ocean there. Uh, let's uh, throw the bones here and talk talk defense as Boomer looks up that weather report from East Lansing. And um, Talon, you know, the defense, once again, a, a complete performance. Um, and if it wasn't for a couple of late turnovers, including one by, by Jeff Sims um, after Harvard just gets rocked, um, yeah. it, we, we give up uh, points. And um, we we're close to pitching a shutout, really. I mean, they were, they were if we would have actually made – Purdue drive the the length of the field there in the fourth quarter. We might have got it done, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. I mean, there's they didn't move the ball at uh, at all against us through that entire game. You know, we uh, their their first touchdown comes off of a, a fumble in our own end, and he hits a, a long pass. And something that yeah. is kind of a thing for us this year on on the defensive side is when our, the quarterback gets out of the pocket, we just kind of tend to struggle to keep with our receivers. We've seen it a couple different times. Sure. Um, and I think that's something that Hudson Carter, you know, when we keep them in the pocket, our, our secondary is very, very good. You know, Tommy Hill and Quentin Newsom, you know, Hartzog's playing, playing lights out. Gifford's able to, um, you know, track back and, and stop some long passes, you know, against us. But 
we've really kind of struggled to stop a quarterback when he gets out of the pocket on a scramble drill and, and you know, continue to cover those receivers. So I don't know much about Michigan State's quarterback and, and what he can do. I know it's their second string now is who they're playing in Hauser. Or third, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like Noah Kim would have been their, their guy, yeah. So I think I think you're right. Defensively, we had to go after that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we need to get pressure on him. And uh, they do have a good running back too. Um, uh, transfer from a uh, Mac school, if I remember right. Um, so um, I, the thing is, if you look down at, at Michigan State's uh, schedule and you you start, they lost their last six, and you're like, well, this team's horrible, right? I'm not saying they're a good team, but there's games on there where they could have won, right? They were up against Rutgers 24 to seven, I want to say, and blew that game. They were close versus Iowa last week. You know, they lost 27 12. You just look at that score and you're like, well, Minnesota took care of business. And the Big Ten West 27 12 is a blowout, right? But reality is, it was uh, it was 17 to 12. and Michigan State fails to convert on two-point conversion to keep it at 17-12. And, and Minnesota doesn't actually add a touchdown onto that until four minutes to go in the game. So four minutes to go in the game it is 17-12. to So, um, and, and we know we lost to Minnesota. So we cannot take the Spartans lightly here um, because they've hung around in these games. Even though they've lost all six of them, it's not like they haven't competed versus uh, some like opponents. So, yeah. They were yeah. kind of like us from a couple of years ago where, you know, we'd kind of be up late or, or we'd be in the game late. And then, you know, we just do something dumb to kind of let them, you know, take the lead or something. I think against Iowa, they were up three or something. And then they let a punt punt return touchdown go. Yeah. And, and yeah. And so, yeah, it just kind of reminds me of us from a couple of years ago where we would be really good through, you know, two, three quarters and then something bad happens at the end usually. Yeah. Boomer, uh, this is senior day in East Lansing uh, because of a of <laughs> they're playing their their last home game in Ford Field in Detroit. I'm sure you like that. Oh yes, sensible. Yeah. Well, it's for the Land Grant Trophy, that coveted trophy with Penn State that I'm sure they're it's true really concerned about. You know, yeah. The legacy of the Land Grant Trophy, the ugliest mm-hmm. trophy uh, I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's like they that's the kind of trophy they forgot about until the day of the game and had to scramble and, you know, glue stuff together. So it's hard to explain. If you have really glue to put it together. Oh yeah. Yeah. Boomer. Um, so weather report 56 in uh, with cloud cover. Yeah. Um, As of right now, it doesn't look like the, you know, the weather's going to be a major factor. I mean, it'll be cool, but you know, now that'll be not. high. So, I mean, yeah. it'll be cooler at an 11 a.m. Yeah, it should warm up as the game goes on. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't think weather will play a huge factor at this point, you know, we still got a few days to go. So, but uh, yep. yeah, it should be good. And, you know, with Michigan state, you know, their biggest problem is just complete lack of ability to score against power five or FBS teams. Yeah. I mean, they are, if I remember right, the worst power five team when it comes to scoring offense and, and it shows against they the are. teams they played. When they played anybody you know, good, they just haven't been able to score all of it. They've got 16 against Iowa, which is a lot, you know, but they have 24 in Rutgers, 12 against Minnesota, but then they get, you know, blanked by Michigan. They only managed nine against Maryland, seven against Washington. I think they average like 18 points a game, you know, thereabouts. Yep. So you'd have to feel pretty good about Nebraska's chances in this if they can get to about 20 points because I'd be hard-pressed to see Michigan State scoring a whole lot more than that, so. Defense should yeah. be able to pretty well shut them down and, you know, control this game kind of the way they had the last few games would be my initial thought in this. 
Yeah. Yep. Let's make sure that offense doesn't give the Spartans a, a short field and let the defense actually defend uh, 75, 80 yards. Yep. And um, yes, we, we should be hopefully looking at uh, victory number six on the year. Yep. All right, guys. No uh, are you ready yep. to – oh, go ahead, Boomer. No, just – and then I mean to bowl, so – that's right. I, I it, it wouldn't be talking ahead any longer if if we already yeah, had the six talk one. About we talk want. freely about the bold trip, and and not feel like we're putting any undue pressure on the team. Even though I think um, this defense right now um, welcomes any and all because they are playing very very confident. Right. So, and here's your land grant. Oh, there it is, right there. If you've, nice if you've never job, seen it before, Boomer. folks, it's 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 a work of art. I mean it. I can't That's even like explain a hundred really. years of games on that one side. They probably only played like what twenty five times or something. Yeah, pretty much. I, mean, like... I, I don't think they're really planning to fill any of that. They just had extra stuff <laughs> to fill. And, you know, had a lot of little plaques to put in there, and it's like they glued a couple of statues. They got they broke off a bowling trophy they found and ran some pictures off the internet and slapped them on there and found a ivory cat and glued it to some old office furniture. They. They found it the last minute, so I don't it's, even know. It's an epic trophy. Player, I don't even think I'd want that. Have you ever seen that before, Talon? Is that the first no, time you've ever seen that? That's the first no, time I've ever seen that trophy. I usually, unless both teams are good, I usually end up. You know, it's the last week of the season. There's a bunch of other games going on, so I'm usually watching that. But I've, and usually I think Penn State's taken it the last couple of years. I mean, Michigan oh, yeah. State has mm-hmm. been very good since. Me and me and Boomer have a a sick um, interest in uh, trophy games of yeah. the oddest types um and that one right there is is one of the worst of all time well there's a lot of pointless trophy games out there where it's like i don't why why would you even want to play for that you know i think uh like last I week like was the, like, i like the goofy ones right where you've got yeah, like some fine yeah backstory to it you know yeah but like south carolina texas a&m was a trophy game last week i was like really I didn't yeah, know that. That one I don't. Yeah, there's the Forest trophies like that. And yeah, there's the, the ones with Iowa we have. You know, like the five dollar bits of broken chairs, organic. That's that's yeah. what a trophy should be. But yeah, you I think they played like ten times, and Texas A&M has won nine of them. So that I mean, sounds about right. You know? Yeah. So it's nothing, nothing great. But yeah, they've only been playing since Texas A&M has joined, and they made it a trophy game. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can get games like yesterday. We got Akron and Kent State playing for a wagon wheel. You know, they've been doing that since World War II. That's fun. You know, that's, that that's the kind sense. of stuff you want. A brass yeah. batoon, yep. you know, an iron skillet. Isn't a there a golden nails? Isn't there a golden boot? Is in Arkansas LSU? Oh yeah, that yep. yeah. That's the golden that boot. Yeah, that's right. It's a good one. I like uh, Michigan State, Michigan. Um, what is Paul it? Bunyan's Paul, the Paul Bunyan trophy? I was yeah, like when they yeah. put their helmet on him and they're tra- you know, running around the field. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's a great. Good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, maybe we should get some trophy games with uh, UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington that are like good ones, right? Instead of just yeah. like forced fake ones, right? I don't know how exactly. Yeah. Out, make it. Well, make they only need corporate out. sponsors nowadays in the modern Big Ten. So that's right. Well, make it a, a fun one, and then you have a corporate sponsor. It could be like someone actually, like, you know, I don't know. Some no, sort of sponsor a trophy. That's what you need. Yeah, exactly. Okay, guys, <laughs> are we ready to throw out some best bets? The Betcast picks of the week. All right, uh, let's see what we got here, guys. 
Um, it's been a rough year, I tell you. I mean, um, I've not had this um, many weeks in a row where I've just not really had a, a big week, but um, I think it's all going to change here. Let's start with a Friday night matchup. Uh, Colorado State um, going to Laramie. It's going to be windy there in Laramie, 7,200 feet. Uh, the Rams are used to the elevation, um, but uh, they might keep the score down. Cowboys favored by six over under at 41 and a half. What do you say? Um, I'll, I'll take Wyoming in this one. I think they can, I think they can win by 10. I think that's a good bet. Uh, Colorado state usually keeps it close, but I think Wyoming can maybe pull away in the fourth quarter. I would probably right. take the right. on that too, honestly. Both I would say, yeah, this the system bet that you would take here is the under because the wind will probably be over 10 miles per hour, which typically windy windy enders hit at a, a pretty good clip. Boomer, um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. You know, normally, you know, like we'd say, the altitude would have a huge impact on that if Honky was here, but uh, he's not. <laughs> um, I, you know, if I were to go with this, you know, I, I'd probably take Wyoming to win the game, but I think Colorado State could cover, you know, minus six. It, you know, they've covered a decent amount this year, mm-hmm. and that could be that kind of a game. I think They're it's going to be a scoring affair, be a little sloppy, and I don't think anyone's going to blow anybody out in this. So I think it'll be low scoring enough. I think uh, the Rams can at least keep it keep it within six. All right. All right. You guys are split. All right. Let's go to one of the – should have been one of the biggest games of the week, but uh, Clemson is struggling at 4-4. Four and four. Um, I think I got this right. Clemson is actually a home dog. Is that right? To Notre Dame. Um, three points being given to the Tigers over under at 44. Smelling an uh, upset here? I think uh, Clemson can bounce back? I, I don't believe so. <laughs> okay. No. I think there's – Oh, I just think there's kind of a defi- – I think the Tigers are done. Yeah. I think they'll probably win maybe two more games this year, three more games, but it just seems like this season's kind of, you know, Cade Klubnick's not even listening to his coach on important calls. Um, uh, I, yeah, which is insane. I mean, when does that happen to Dabo? Uh, Dabo's going off mm-hmm. on rants against, you know, fans from, you know, incoming sports calls. So I'll take yeah. Notre Dame. I think they can they can beat this Clemson team by more than three. So. Boomer? Yeah, I think I would agree with that, too. Um, you know, I've kind of gotten burned on Notre Dame prior this year, but uh, yeah, I think they'll be able to beat Clemson. You know, they're coming off of just crushing of, you know, Pittsburgh and then, you know, USC the week before. You know, Notre Dame seems to have things kind of figured out since that Louisville loss. And, yeah, Clemson's just kind of in some disarray. It, it is interesting. It might be hard for us to see them making a bowl. I don't know. They've got. Yeah, Notre they have a Dame tough schedule and, ahead, right? Yeah, they have Notre Dame and North Carolina for sure. And then I think South Carolina and Georgia Tech left. So that would be yeah, no, uh, they Florida State. Yeah. yeah, that would be a little bit of a probably some discomfort there in Clemson, you know, if you're not making a bowl already at this point. And, yeah, you know, yeah. National, you know, I mean, the same has, coach. You go from national title wins to five hundred at best, you know, this season. That'll be interesting to see how they how they handle that in the offseason. So that's a yeah. Big thing for Dabo. Yeah, yeah Dabo's not big on NIL, obviously. No. And, or transfer um, portals or anything and, else. And yeah, he's a different style of coach. And that may just not translate well anymore. I don't know. Yep. 
All right. Uh, well, here's a game actually uh, in Denver, played at, at Mile High. Army, the Black Knights, come to town and uh, against the Air Force Academy coming up from the Springs. Air Force Academy favored by 18 and a half. I've seen it at 19. It's been moving over and under at 32, though. It's a huge number to cover when your over-under is 32. Boomer? Yeah, what that basically tells me is they don't think Army's going to score, uh, essentially, much <laughs> at all. Which, yeah, that might be the case. I, I watched them a little bit. You know, last week they played UMass and lost, and that's, you know, never a good sign when you're losing to Massachusetts. And then the prior two weeks, Army got blanked by LSU and Troy. Um, you know, ever since that Boston College game, Army just hasn't had a whole heck of a lot going for it. Um, Air Force is a pretty solid team. It's, you know, they'll definitely, t- you know, they're definitely the money line pick there without any question. Uh, 18 and a half. Boy. Yeah. If Army can score once, they'll, you know, keep that. They'll they'll cover that spread, but I, I'm not sure if they will. Yeah, so I mean, Talon Air Force got 31 last week, I think, against Colorado State. 30. So I guess you know, 30 against CSU. 30? Yeah. yeah. So but they only got 17 yeah. against Navy, so that's kind of where I'm, you know, pulling the naval, you know, sure, sure, and, service yeah, academy. And that's probably more of a similar pace. Yeah, service yeah. academy. Back to system betting. If you like like trends, service academy under is one of the most famous. Um, systems bet you can get it hits right now, like in the last decade, about 80% of the time, the under. And so Vegas has continually driven these numbers further down, just like they're doing Iowa over unders now. <laughs> and and this is pretty low 32 is is pretty low. I think I'm I would take Army to cover. I just it's one of those rivalry games where and it's a neutral site game. Can you know, can Army come in and just play? a good half of football. You know, they don't even need to play a complete game to cover this. Uh, Air Force isn't going to go out and score a ton of points. So I like the – I think I actually like the under on this. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think, you know, 17-3, to 20-3, something like that. I think um, – right. yeah, I think, yeah. I think Army, can, Army can cover this in, in a rivalry game for the Commander's Trophy. I like it. Okay. Um all right, here's a here's a trophy game of sorts, I guess. I don't know if they actually play for, but Oklahoma going to Stillwater for the least the, the last time in the foreseeable future. And um ooh, I think I I think I did I get this wrong, Boomer. Is Oklahoma favored by five and a half? I think I put the number on the wrong side there. I think um, they would have pretty to be, sure they are. I'd be stunned yeah. if they were. So. Although Okie State now is uh six and two already. I mean they've really turned their season around, but Oklahoma favored by five and a half. Over under at 61 and a half. Yeah, they're Oklahoma State's like 22 now, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, they've been on a roll. They figured out their quarterback and they're, you know, winning games. Yeah. I'll take uh, Oklahoma to cover this one. Oh, I'm shocked. All right. Talent goes Oklahoma. Boomer, you you think that's. Uh, Yeah. This will be interesting. You know, the last Bedlam game, um, you know, in Oklahoma. Played with fire a lot these last couple of weeks and got burned by the Jayhawks finally last week. Um, yep. Oh, I I think I would probably pick Oklahoma to win this just just out of just because they'll do it despite Okie State on their way out the door. But uh, yeah, I'm not super confident in that pick. So. Yeah, I, I I think Oklahoma. Wow. You know they struggled there. I think they that's probably being a little bit um, still getting some being being brought down because of the um the loss so um yeah i don't i just don't know if oklahoma states are real or not so 
over under that's been going up um so if you like that number catch it as soon as you can because it's going to get higher and probably get over 63. um this one uh i i i find interesting just because i think that seems number is awfully low i don't know if the line stinks or not i know kentucky's nothing to be excited about but mississippi state struggling over under 51 and a half here wildcats uh minus five what do you think guys I know um, nothing about Mississippi State football this year, so that's uh, they're not good. Yeah. I'll tell you that. No, that no I can't imagine. But I think Kentucky's on a bit of a slump here too lately. Ever since they got waxed by Georgia, I mean, they lost to Missouri and Tennessee. So I don't think anyone. Yeah, but those, those are good teams. At least half of well, the teams. Yeah, they are. But I'm, not, I'm not sure anyone's coming in this game with a lot of momentum. So that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I hear you. I just, so, I just I, don't think the Bulldogs are any good. No, I don't essentially think an interim either, yeah. coach, essentially, that kind of like, you know, I mean, like that weird, weird offense this year. I don't know. Well, Talent, yeah. Well, yeah, Mississippi State kind of, after Mike Leach's passing, kind of changed their entire philosophy. I know there's been a couple of games mm-hmm. where like Will Rogers has only thrown it 20, 25 times, whereas last year he's thrown it 50 times. So it's yeah. it's weird how much they changed in one offseason. I think he probably should have just kept it the same. Ran it, ran the course, you know, see what happens instead of completely changing your offense, you know, where I think they had a pretty good scoring offense last year. So they completely just yeah. changed yeah. everything on the offensive side. And it's really shown how bad they've struggled because they didn't recruit to that. So I'll take Kentucky to cover. Um, I think Kentucky's Devin Leary's coming off his best game against Tennessee. It looked like mm-hmm. he kind of figured some things I out. Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were in that game late in Tennessee. Uh, Joe Melton was able to kind of just make it, make a couple more plays than than uh, Devin Leary was. So I think Kentucky covers Mississippi State's a very bad team. Uh, what what are they at? Two and are they two and five? Two and six, maybe something like that. Yeah, it's not yeah. not really. So I'll take Kentucky to cover here. All right, I like that one. Um, all right, let's stay down in uh, the SEC where it just matters more. And this normally would be uh, one of the biggest games of the year. Still an important game. LSU going to Tuscaloosa. Alabama favored by three. Over-under is also at 61.5. This is a short number for Alabama, and they've been playing a lot better. Uh, I don't know if I trust LSU's defense with anything. Um, Talon, what do you think here? So I think you're going to have to take the over. Um, I don't know if there's a country or a defense in the country that can stop LSU's offense on a consistent basis. Bama's really going to have to put up some points to beat LSU. Uh, Jaden Daniels yep. and those two receivers, I mean, they're they're making plays. They're making things happen. Mm-hmm. I over love that take. Over, the over at 61 and a half, I'm sure that number is going to keep on going too, but grab it now. Yeah. I would take LSU to win this game. I don't think uh, Jalen Milrow okay. and Bama offense can keep up. I think LSU, um, their defense. At home. That would yeah. be a big win for LSU. Brian Kelly, yeah. if if uh, if Daniels has a shot at the Heisman, this is the game. Um, well, and it would keep them kind of in the playoff race. You know, if they win out the rest of the year, they go to the SEC championship game and find a way to beat Georgia. They might be the first two lost team sure. in the in the playoff. So, uh, yeah, LSU's offense is just absolutely electric, and I don't know if there's anyone who can really stop them on a consistent basis. All right. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll I'll buy that. I don't know. I I, I kind of like Alabama to, to to win at home, but I get it. Maybe it's just money line. Boomer, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of one of those, you know, 
playing for dear life if you're LSU to a playoff bid in Alabama, you know, probably needs to win out to feel confident that they'd make it too. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, I know LSU's got a good offense, but, you know, the few times they have played, you know, solid teams, I mean, they have struggled against them a little bit. You know, that opening game of the year against Florida State, they kind of got waxed and then, you know, they did lose to Mississippi. They put up a lot of points in that game. Don't get me wrong. I, I think in terms of balance, mm-hmm. I think Alabama's probably more of a balanced team than LSU is. So I think in the long run, they'll end up winning mm-hmm. this game and they'll probably cover that three points would be my guess. This will be like a six or seven point win, I think, for Alabama, just because the world is so dark and we can't ever get the tide out of things. So, but, no. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it probably will come down to the last possession. You know, to town's yes. point, if LSU gets a shot to, to win the game, they might go and do it. And if Alabama's holding on to the ball, maybe they can still cover the three, right? It's pretty much a, a pick them there, really. Um, let's stay down south one more time in the conference we love to hate. And um, Mizzou, which we have a rivalry game uh, against, right? There was a bell of some sort. We Yeah, so it was a bell that somehow we buried at one point, you know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, going to Athens to take on the number one ranked Bulldogs. Uga's favored by 15 over under 56 and a half. Um, you know, I, I, I thought Florida could hang with, with Georgia last week, at least just within the, the spread. I actually did it, did a same game parlay and got it at 17 and a half. And they just, I mean, Florida was never in that game. So Georgia likes to rise up and, and, beat teams that they're supposed to, to beat. And um, Mizzou is, is ranked and playing well. Talon, you think that 15 is uh, a good number? Man, this is, this is a tough game because it's, you know, you wouldn't think Georgia would just come in and absolutely obliterate Missouri, but they always find a way whenever they play in a really good team to just absolutely clobber them. Um, I think you mm-hmm. would have the under. I think both teams have really, really stout defenses. I don't know. Um, how much offense is going to be able to really work in this game. I think I'm gonna, I, I like Missouri's defense. I think they can find a way to get a couple of stops. Not against LSU, though. You don't, didn't like them against LSU. In that right. game was LSU again, LSU, I think, might have the best offense in the country. I know they didn't play mm-hmm. that great against Florida State, but every game since then they have been absolutely dynamic. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels got things going. But I, I think I'm going to take Missouri to cover this. I think Georgia still wins, but I think it's like a 10-point game. I think 15 is a little high for me. Um, I think Missouri's defense can kind of find a way to get a couple stops against that offense. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Boomer, you got to take? Uh, yeah, I'm, this is going to continue my ongoing The World is So Dark series. Georgia seems to kind of be figuring things out here, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Missouri is good. They can score points. Um, I've liked, you know, they've come close to, like, the game against LSU. They could have won that game, and, you know, it would have been fun if they had. Uh, but I, I kind of see Georgia just pulling away on this one, you know, especially as the game goes on. So I think Georgia will win this, and I might even take the over on this. I think it'll be a little closer to 60 on this. I think okay. you'll see somebody in the upper 30s and the other team pretty close to that. So, All right, let's get one out of here with one more. Um, UCLA going to the desert, Arizona, uh, two-and-a-half-point dogs at home, over under at 50. Uh, Arizona's playing really good guys. They, they, um, they don't have the number in front of their, their name right now, but I, I, I don't, I don't know if the wrong team's, uh, not, not favored here. I, I, I think Arizona might be able to cover at home. What do you think, Tom? I'll, I'm going to take Arizona to win this game. 
Um, I think their defense has played a lot better. They were able to shut down Oregon State for uh, long, long portions of that mm-hmm. game. And uh, that quarterback. That's a legit think, win. Yeah, I mean, they they just came out and really figured it out, especially in the second half. They were really able to get their run game going and, and some things going with their uh, receiver McMillan on the outside. So I'll take Arizona to, to cover and win this game. All right. Well, that would be a Big Ten loss next year. Boomer, what do you think? Yeah, that'll – this is an interesting game. Arizona kind of snuck up on everybody, I think, because this year's gone yeah. on. I didn't didn't have a whole lot of faith in them early on, and then maybe maybe give Nebraska a few more, and they'll be saying that about us. Yeah, exactly. But you know, Arizona's got wins against Washington State, who is fairly legit team, and now Oregon State. Dominating Washington State. You know, they could have beaten yeah. USC and probably should have. So, you know, so they are playing good, and then home field advantage should play into this. But I I think UCLA will find a way to squeak by in this, and probably win by a field goal. So I take UCLA right. there in this one. So. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, guys. Well, uh, that was uh, our latest edition of uh, the BetCast. Let's head into parting shots and get the heck out of here. Talon, what do you got for me? I'm still going on my take with I think we only lose one game the rest of the year. Um, I think it's probably Wisconsin. All right. Um, I think our defense is playing lights out. If we can kind of control the turnovers on offense, we don't need to score a ton of points against these next four opponents, just making sure uh, we don't put our defense into bad uh, bad positions and, and let them you know, play their game, make a team drive the full length of the field on them, which I don't think many teams can do. So, uh, yeah, I think we only lose one game the rest of the year and um, might find ourselves into a, a Big Ten championship game. Hmm. Wouldn't that be something, huh? It'd be interesting. Uh, well, we'll take one, 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 one game at a time. Let's see if we can take care of Sparty. Boomer, get us out of here. Uh, first thing, Vegas Jerry had his uh, quick fix there. So for if he's still listening or anyone else, oh, nice. uh, he's got Indiana plus 11 and uh, Michigan at minus 28. Uh, Indiana, who they have this week? Uh, God. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin's visiting Indiana this week. Okay. So. Might not be That's a bad right. pick. I mean, Wisconsin's struggling on offense. They've got a ton of injuries, too, and might not be a bad mm-hmm. idea. And it's got everybody signs and probably has spies listening as we speak. So you know, Harbaugh is going to try to make a prove a point. Yeah. <laughs> and so why not, you know, bet that until the Big Ten thing. does something about it? So yeah, go go with that. Mm-hmm. So, And then uh, my other parting shot, uh, I know we saw that uh, they just announced the uh, selections for the Nebraska Athletics Hall of Fame. You know, Lori Endicott, Tommy Frazier, Emily Parsons, Tolly Thompson, and Brittany Timko, and uh, retired track and field head coach Gary Pepin. Uh, would like to congratulate all of them for their uh, uh, induction of the Nebraska Athletics Hall of Fame. However, I would like to remind uh, any of our university listeners, you know, uh, Tyler Kai, if you're out there, you're still missing a name in there. Uh, you know, we need right. to induct the Baron. We've had this discussion. So we'll start on that next year. So we expect it in 2024. So. Hashtag and duck the Baron, Excellent. everyone. That's right. All right, guys. Uh, fun show. We clocked in on our hour. Uh, I think we covered our bases. For now, let's call that another Go Big Redcast. Heard at Sports Network Production.